everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm not in my car because I'm a big dum-dum, and you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Luke Lore, the smart smart, the insipid ghost, and you're in for a real treat because today we're talking about Anthem and Far Cry New Dawn and a little more Crackdown 3 plus your carpool questions and a whole bunch more. So, Luke, do me a favor. Help me out. Turn that dial into the Xbox Drive. Ball! Hello, Sean Capri. Luke, how are you feeling, my friend? I'm, I'll, I'll be dead before I miss the Xbox drive. That's um. I, I hope that I hope neither happens. How about that? <laughs> I'll put it that way, Matt. Uh, Luke, thank you. I wanted to let everybody know why I'm a big dum dum. I got on the wrong train coming home, and it put me on the other side of the city. And I've tried to get home. It's been a big nightmare. So Luke has been very patient with me as I am over an hour late. As we record this, I'm now in my basement because I needed to get home to the family uh, to at least see my kids before they go to sleep. So with all that said, and Joseph Moran, with all that out of the way, uh, that's all I'm going to say about that, Luke. I want to start things out by asking you, what have you been playing, my good friend? Well, as you were saying that, I just beat Super Bomberman R. You beat as it? As you were saying that. I just now did. Yeah, it's, it's really easy if you put it on easy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I just wrapped that one up. I like it because, um, I mean, it's Bomberman, so you know it's, it's not that great. Uh, yeah. But yeah. it's not bad. It, and you can play as like Solid Snake or Master Chief or uh, Alucard from, from Castlevania. And they've got like Pyramid Head from uh, Silent Hill. And so like you can play as all these like little cool characters and they look kind of like pop figures because it's Bomberman. Yeah. So I was playing as little Master Chief and the Arbiter and, and Solid Snakes. That was fun. Dude, that's actually the best sell job on Super Bomberman R I've ever heard. <laughs> that's saying a lot, dude. Uh, I gave it maybe five minutes, but I didn't realize all those characters were in it. So that's that's pretty sweet, dude. And that's Games with Gold. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm playing it. It was Games with Gold title. And um, yeah, they give you currency in the game. Now, the game's weird because like if you die, you can use currency that you can purchase to continue in that world without restarting altogether but it's so generous with currency that it's not a big deal yeah but it does feel a little awkward but yeah you just buy these characters within in game and i mean i bought them all i'm never gonna give this game money um but it's i bought them all and so like running around as master chief is fun well that's fun about it nice you still run around in that crackdown three crackdown three man oh i love that game that's a blast uh yeah i've i finished up the story rolled credits i've gotten holy crap you must have been sick these last couple days (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah i was i've been home dude rolls Uh, credits on two games at least what else we got going on uh i beat my i I rolled credits on monster boy but that was a 25 hour game gosh dude you know what's awesome to see though um and it's been a week since you and i last chatted about crackdown 3 is it was awesome to see that since then the game has released people have been able to get their hands on it and i'm really encouraged by what is actually seems to be like a pretty balanced even though it is divisive it seems like a balanced conversation around crackdown 3 with uh reviewers being very critical and probably rightfully so the game puts reviewers i think in a tough spot but gamers are coming out and going like holy crap, this game is really fun. Like, despite all the things that are clearly wrong with it, uh, I want to I wanna, uh, tell you a revelation yep. that I had. I don't know if I've got this as a topic later. I don't think that I do. Um, I want to say this. Crackdown 3, maybe a 60 on Metacritic, but I've put 
four times more time into uh, Crackdown 3 than I did with Red Dead Redemption. And it's because of how easy it is to pick up and play and how, how fun it is and how uh, the, the gameplay loop is addicting. So mm-hmm. for all, like, all the things that make it a, a video game-ass kind of game mm-hmm. should, be, should be celebrated, man. And I think that people are picking up on that. So that's, that's, a, that's a good news story, right? That's got to be <laughs> that's as good it's, as we can hope for in the exclusive land. It's interesting because we had a lot of questions I think Brendan Myers said one that was very articulate. We got a, quite a few of them about, like, you know, what should we do about reviews? Like, mm-hmm. how should we look at reviews? And you and I always, we, we go on a journey with a game, sure and we don't ever seem to give it a score. Though I think sometimes you and I will, will off-air talk about things in score mode. But it's interesting because when we look at games like Crackdown, it does put reviewers in a tough spot. It does feel dated uh, to a certain extent. It doesn't look like Red Dead. But it is fun. Yeah. And fun is a very difficult to quantify thing. Uh, I have had an absolute blast with Crackdown. I saw the numbers due to Game Pass are extremely uh, high as far as people playing it, a lot of people trying it. And well, I've not enjoyed all the discourse. In fact, I've purposely not weighed in on Twitter arguments about it because I just don't want to have to argue with people that are attacking something I like. Right. Um, in this particular case, because I just love it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a objective with it i love crackdown always have and this one feels like crackdown so i've not uh, gone into a lot of those discussions but i do like that a lot of people are enjoying it i'm just concerned about the way that they're i think they, that vitriol back and forth is unnecessary yeah. if you like the game you like it and it's okay to like a, a six or a seven out of ten if, if that's what you're scoring based on i'm having an absolute blast with it i love it yeah, man, it's, I'm, I gotta get back to it. I've been, I've been busy with another game that I was lucky to get my hands on, a review copy that did not unlock until the game, uh, released with everybody else, and that's Far Cry New Dawn and Luke Lore. This is a video game. Holy crap. I, I've been known to send a lot of love over to Ubisoft as of late. I've, uh, I spent a whole, almost a hundred hours in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I really liked Far Cry 5, uh, last year. And this is obviously a colorful take on post-apocalyptic, but this is the kind of game that kind of makes me wish that Ubisoft would really dive into something a little bit more along the lines of like a fallout, like, like the, where the lore kind of takes over everything. So, mm-hmm. so this game, Everybody knows at the end of Far Cry 5, the bombs drop, everybody kind of hunkers down, and we start... Spoilers! Spoilers! I know, like, and I had to even go through my own journey of like, am I mad about this? I don't think that I am. I probably had enough time to finish this game. Uh, oh, and, yeah. And it's required. Did. This this game is actually, I think, in a lot of ways more accessible and approachable and pretty clear on what it's going for, whereas I think Far Cry 5 was muddled with uh, either political or apolitical intentions. Mm-hmm. Um so you you start this game and you're a group of people trying to create a new settlement out of uh, you're surrounded by mutated animals and wildlife is kind of taken back over again. But f- from mu- nuclear uh, mutations that are kind of all around you, same map, of course, as as uh, Far Cry 5. And as I'm wandering around going through the whole Far Cry thing, I'm really impressed with a lot of the different changes that they've added to this game, even though it sounds like it should just be kind of DLC, I argue that it's it's worth much more than DLC. As somebody who kind of discards the $20 a couple hours uh, additional content that comes in most games, this for $40 is much more substantial and actually inc- includes, I would say, more game-changing additions. Um, mm-hmm. 
there's this really cool uh, a lot of the, the the main currency that you're after is this ethanol that you that you use to upgrade your like corn syrup exactly yep totally which i'm not sure why they chose that one but that's just that's where we're at uh use well, eth- corn's really easy to grow so in a post-apocalyptic thing you can do it maybe that's it i haven't seen that was, like, a that was my mega dad's game theory <laughs> oh, <you're seashell. laughs> no corn uh but i've seen lots of barrels of this ethanol so you know the liberating forts and and outposts and things like that that you've got in in Far Cry. Uh, yeah. This this time, what you can do is actually once you once you gain possession of one of these outposts, you can you can scavenge it for all of its resources, and the main output of that is a whole bunch of ethanol to help you improve your your gear and things like that. But you turn the outpost over back over to the bad guys; they basically like move back in. And they are replaced by higher level enemies. And so you can do this three or four times so that you you take over the outpost and then you scavenge it, get your resources back, and then new guys move in. And it's kind of like it encourages you, encourages you to level up your own weapons and go back to an additional challenge. And it's it's different types of enemies. And it's really fun, man. I'm really liking this notion of revisiting these things. This is maybe as boring as that might sound. It's additional challenges and leveling up throughout the game. That's that's really sweet. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just loving this game. Uh, there's one point where um, now, did you love Far Cry Five? I did, but here's okay. So I'm liking the the Far Cryness of this game, and I'm liking a, a couple of the the changes that the skill trees I think are layered and interesting, which I think is a big thing for me. The AI is super dumb, uh, which is which is it is what it is. I'm also playing this on baby ass baby mode, easy mode, just to try and get through this. Um, but I don't know that I love the 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 um the boss. I don't know what to call it, like the main villains in this. There there are a couple twins, uh, just mm-hmm. kind of like. They, they think of themselves as badass biker chicks. And I just think that they're, it's more like of a, more of a show of how crazy they are than like more intrinsic and like inherent in who they are. Like the, the enemies that we've seen, like, um, Joseph Seed, I think was like psychotic and you were scared of his thoughts more than his actions. And these, these chicks are just kind of like, they ride around on bikes and they, they swear a lot and they're just kind of like, they're surface level villains, so that's mm-hmm. that's my biggest problem with the game. But I'm really liking the color. I'm liking the post apocalyptic apocalyptic setting. I'm really just loving me some Far Cry New Dawn, my friend. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. It it is tough for me to get excited for it because uh, I just wasn't big on Far Cry Five. But then also, like post apocalyptic is something Ubisoft's really been tackling and. It kind of looked like Rage, Rage Two, I should say. Pardon me. This has actually um, got me excited ha- for Rage. That's the funny was, thing. Okay, so that's that's actually kind of what I was going to ask: is does it motivate you to to check out, you know, go back and finish Far Cry Five uh, if you haven't nope. already? Not even a little bit. It, okay, this so this totally you just totally. It. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad it's it's fun. Um, same like crafting elements and same economy and all that other stuff. Yeah, but it seems like it's streamlined. It seems like it makes more sense the way that you upgrade your base and your garage and your weapons benches 
it makes more sense and then you can kind of go over to your skills and your perks and get those and it it always feels rewarding in what you're adding to your skill set so and and mm-hmm. of course the far cry hilarious side missions there was one where i was helping this dude and uh, i discovered this amazing death note from his dad that sort of tells him just like go figure out your shit <laughs> i'm gonna mm-hmm. die now and i don't want you to want you to watch me do it and then i end up chasing a naked guy through a forest to discover his secret stash of goodies like what this game is post-apocalyptic and all this craziness is happening in in a way that only Far Cry can get away with. Uh, mm-hmm. I went on way too long, but I'm really liking what they've done with this game. Uh, I, I feel like this was kind of like the dark horse of the uh, the February releases. Maybe this in Metro. Um, maybe flying under people's radars. I highly recommend it as, a, as an inexpensive option to buying a brand new game this February. Far Cry New Dawn mm-hmm. gets a thumbs up from this guy, my friend. It is that brings well. I'm glad that you enjoyed it first and foremost. Uh, it, that does bring up an interesting thought because I don't really have eyes for any game past Anthem because I was so focused on Crackdown and uh, I would like to try Metro at some point. I'm very excited for Anthem. Uh, we tried Ace Combat Seven. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, and then you know, like I, I haven't played RE2 and I, I want to. Um, I think I said Metro, and so I don't really have eyes for games past Anthem. I don't know what's coming out this year past Anthem. You gotta and, have Division, man, coming out in March, mid March, I think. But oh, that's if, right. Division if that's two. not your type of game, and this is, and from what I'm hearing, it's it's on the shorter side. But I think that there's a ton of stuff. I feel like if you just wanted to mainline and go through the story missions, you probably could finish this within about ten hours. But there's so much stuff to explore. This is a great a great world to be in. So I'm loving Far Cry, man. I'm glad. I'm really am glad. And it does say something that there's a an inquantifiable part of that that is fun because Far Cry uh, New Dawn didn't review it like the eights or above, did it? I actually haven't even checked out, and uh, maybe we'll get into reviews in a little bit. But uh, if it's okay with you, let's swing on down into the. Actually, I guess we're gonna hit the brakes, even though I'm not in my car. Let's get let's get into some breaking news here. I want you to run me through the Crackdown Three Wrecking Zone party uh, and all the things that are going around. <laughs> <laughs> with Wrecking Crew, my friend, um, you pointed me in the direction of a video of the de- the devs in front of a whiteboard that I immediately turned off. I thought it was incredibly boring. So let's liven mm-hmm. things up with a better way to maybe deliver the the update plan for, for Crackdown 3. Well, so guys, the video I sent Sean is something that we've seen all Microsoft first-party games do since Sea of Thieves, uh, State of Decay, now Crackdown. We've seen basically the devs uh, jump in front of a whiteboard during their launch window and talk about the things they're seeing as problems, the things they're, they're working on in that moment, uh, and what they're planning to work on in the coming uh, you know, days or weeks following the game's launch. We saw it with CFD, State of Decay, and so on. And when I look at it, uh, it wasn't the most exciting. In fact, their second one was a bit better. Um, and it was interesting because they basically just talked about how parties are not working in Wrecking Zone. They're looking at how to fix Wrecking Zone uh, as far as the parties go, the tech involved in it, and they're working on creating unified worlds for co-op mat- or for co-op games in the campaign. Because if you are unaware, the campaign and Wrecking Zone are two separate executables uh, for Crackdown 3, separate achievements, separate downloads, everything. And it's a good thing, too, because Wrecking Zone is dumb. It is dumb. <laughs> I've, I've played it. I've got all but one achievement in it. I really wanted to understand it. It's really neat tech because it's all operating in the cloud, these destructible environments. But mm. it's so dumb like it doesn't make any sense there's no need for that tech to be that involved for what it's doing 
do you think it would have been better as like free dlc later on like completely like it already is separate why did they sort of like somewhat launch it at the same time it would have been better to like launch the game and focus on the single player campaign and the co-op ability uh because i think that game is great as a co-op experience and then later on once you've got everything kind of clicking into place like I don't know, man. It, it seemed like a natural free drop, like a value add for people. But instead, we're left with this incomplete sort of dangling limb off to the side that may or may not be reattached in a couple of weeks when people may or may not care. So I think it's interesting rollout. I, if, you know, if I ran Xbox, I probably mm-hmm. would have done it differently. I think I think many people would, including people at Xbox. They were just tied <laughs> into to wrecking zone uh, from that that early power of the cloud garbage i know um and that's that's all it was i think they had they had to put it out there they were tied in by a bad situation people that uh got it up and running did what they did and so be it uh it's a shame because it's unnecessary yeah but also yeah the campaign being as fun as it is for for someone who enjoys it like me you know i I wasn't upset by new achievements and fresh achievements and stuff like that the wrecking zone just it's unnecessary I'm, I'm impressed by the tech but it's didn't need to be that way well that might Just be a theme this february of developers being maybe having their hands forced a little bit and doing things that they wouldn't otherwise do that we'll maybe get to in a bit uh quickly i want to touch on this this rumor now you and i had a uh, this rumor about scalebound you and i had a quick conversation before we recorded i want to quickly put out there that uh this is a rumor and all we're going to say is that it's a rumor. There is nothing verifying this. Maybe by the time that this uh, publishes, we'll have verification on this. Uh, so we're going to keep this chat really quick about Scalebound. But Luke, I know you had some some thoughts about this rumor that Scalebound going to Nintendo Switch being revived or resurrected as a Nintendo Switch exclusive. Yeah, the rumor came up from a kind of funny Games Daily thing. Uh, and it is just that, a rumor. The only thing I wanted to remind anyone that's that's excited or angry by this news or they're happy, sad, whatever your emotions are, uh, remember that Scalebound is a game that Microsoft turned down in a time of desperation, and there has to be a reason for that. Uh, that's the only bit of logical point I wanted to make there is that Phil Spencer said no to this for a reason. Whatever that was, he said no to it. So as excited as I am by the art and the style, and I would love for it to be real, uh, there was a reason it was neglected and put away. So if it is a, a true rumor, or if it does come to pass, then I hope that it, it gets new life and it, it does well, and I would love to play it. Uh, but it just I want everyone to kind of remember that and keep that in mind. That's and the I, only thing that is relevant. I'm going to save my comments until we do get that verification. I some would expect that we will, but I'll we'll, we'll have a big old top because I think that's a that's a big can of worms that we can that we can chat about, Luke. New games, good God, what is this program called? Game Pass for February. We've got Wave 2 launching sometime soon, right? Yeah, they just announced uh, on the day of recording that Epic Mickey 2, uh, The Power of 2, Walking Dead Season 2, Headlander, and Alien Isolation will be joining uh, Return to Arkham in the latter half of February for Game Pass. Uh, Continuing to tell me once again that it's the best value in gaming because Walking Dead Season 2 is quite good, guys. Moreover... I'm excited to try out Alien Isolation. Uh, that's a game I've not played. It's not a game that I would have bought. But it, you, you better believe that if it's in Game Pass, I'm going to check it out. It seems like it's on brand with like the darkness and the green, the green alien font. It's all Game Passy. It's very, very Xbox, very on brand. Uh, and Disney Epic Mickey 2, man, is kind of a... I feel like that's flying under people's radars here as well. That game is, that game is pretty awesome. That game's fun. That game's... Didn't, it didn't do well, uh, 
commercially, which I think is what part that's partially of what led Disney to go in the different directions they did gaming wise. Oh my god! No uh, remember they started farming out to other studios because they just weren't getting it done internally. Um, and so I hope that if it is a good game, people check it out. And if you have checked out Epic Mickey two. Uh, please tweet at the Xbox Drive and let me know because I don't really have an affinity for Disney in terms outside of Star Wars and Marvel. Uh, so if it's a game that is worth playing to even someone who's not into Disney, please let me know, guys. Nice, man. Well, let's keep keep this train rolling even though I'm parked in my basement. Um, if we have time, we'll come back to this pit stop topics. But I want to make sure that we get to a whole slew of carpool questions that I can't believe we have any, We have this many people who even listen to the show, Luke Lore. First, I think we're going to start with probably one of the most uh, important questions that comes from Adam Leonard at The Art of Adam L. He asks, what's your favorite cereal? And explain it in a deep, suggestive voice. <laughs> Uh, I saw that, and then I saw a very disturbing tweet of someone answering him. Uh, it's grouchy. <laughs> it's I don't know if you've watched that yet. You do, yeah. yeah. Oh goodness. Yep. Um, side goodness. note: it is it is very interesting to have you not in your car because I just get to I just get to ride along today. I know, I don't have right? To navigate or anything. You're a different. You're a different guy when you're not not driving. Um, I'm not distracted by uh, not trying not to die on my way home in the the blizzard. God, the weather here sucks. Yeah, you're having a time up there, buddy. <laughs> sure. Uh, so my favorite cereal. You go first because I need to think about this. Oh, I kind of wanted to roll off of your your deep suggestive voice. I don't do suggestive so much. Okay, I got but, you. Uh, my, I... my my suggestive oh. voice sounds like this. Oh wow! And yeah, give I like it to the me. cocoa pebbles, oh. and I like when it you pour the milk in, and you get like chocolate milk with your cocoa pebbles, and you get way too many in your mouth, and then you smash <laughs> them up into the top, and so that you just feel them all crunchy, and oh gosh, yeah. You know, you know which one? Uh, one of my all-time favorites. I have many favorite cereals, but the one I'll pick for this one is a uh, good old Golden Grams. It's really good because it's sort of like Cinnamon Toast Crunch in the way that it it kind of looks, but it's so tasty. It surprises you every time that you have it. I really recommend Golden Grams. You know what I'm saying about Golden Grams, Luke? Is that a Canadian thing? No, it's not. Golden Grams with Nutella. Oh, Dude, yeah, that's what I'm a, talking about. Put a scoop of Nutella in a bowl, like on the side. And then you just use your fingers with a golden gram and just kind of like take away from the scoop of Nutella. And that's a snack right there. Try it, you cowards. Luke Lore, Blaze Knight at Blaze Knight 0923 asks, what are the top three investments under $20 on the Xbox store? Go. Mm-hmm. For the sake of, uh, of this discussion, we're going to say that he's not counting Game Pass. Correct? Right. Yeah. And I, I was very tempted to uh, just uh, list at least one of these things as one month of Game Pass. <laughs> Uh, you should check out several good free-to-play games in Apex, DC Universe Online, and Realm. All three of those are, are quite good. Uh, I see you put SteamWorld, Tig, Do, and Titan, Titanfall 2 in yours, and I, I, I love those. Uh, and that's, those, are, those are the ones that I'm going to kind of stick with for the moment while I search through one more time. Because I want to make sure I, I get this right. Seriously, man. And, and I don't know if you watched me like populate the notes earlier throughout the day. Like I had... I had like 15 games, but for the sake of the top three investments, my top three are, um, man, I can't, I get to actually include yours because yours are all free, but also Ori in the Blind Forest, uh, definitive edition. Oh, that's a good one. Ori in the Blind Forest is something very special and I feel like xbox gamers don't know how to celebrate this game well enough i feel like this game on nintendo or or playstation would be a hallmark this would be talked about all the time but for whatever Mm -hmm. reason we just don't know what this game is so good and so artistic and lovely and charming that we don't know what to do with it other than to say 
you sh- <laughs> that here on the Xbox Drive, we're saying that you guys should all play this game. It is so good and timeless, I feel. Mm-hmm. Steamroll Digs 1 and 2. Those mm-hmm. are good. Super Volley Blast. We talked about that one. Oh, snap. Remember <laughs> that amazing. one? That I one definitely was hilarious. Do. Yeah, and Titanfall oh. 2, as, you, as, a, as we listed here, is like five bucks right now. And experiencing a great resurgence right now thanks to uh people being smart and realizing that apex the people who make apex make titanfall and both games are wonderful absolutely absolutely also worth mentioning that quite a few xbox 360 back compact games are under that price point a lot of the lego games are typically under that price point uh those are those are excellent quality titles that you should check out luke games that are not under those price points are what dustin Irvin is asking about he's at a basic exp I think that's experience. He says yeah. between between and we have a couple of these that um that sort of speak to a few of these these points. He says between Anthem and Crackdown, do you believe the current review structure is doing the games justice or should we be more critical of reviews as they seem to become more or sorry, as they seem to become less consistent. Now, there's a few other things. Um, Brendan Meyer speaks about this a little bit. Badvid actually refers to a tweet by Mikey Barr that we will get to, but as it's stated here, what do you think about like the way the reviews are coming out? I will I will quickly jump off to say people are reviewing like full out publishing reviews on Anthem, and I think that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, why do you think it's nonsense at the time of recording? I think that's important to note. I think so it's a, it's, it needs to age well. The game the game has not necessarily been released, and even by saying this, I'm I'm conflicted with myself. I've been very vocal about whether or not this uh, this release of Anthem is like what do we even think about this? Is it confusing? Is it official? Is it is it actually released? I feel like the game and the way that it's being released is actually putting uh, just like Crackdown Three is it's putting reviewers in a tough spot. There's a huge incentive to getting your review out first, and for all intents and purposes, like the game is out. Now, the game mm-hmm. does not receive a day one patch until its seventh day uh, technically available. So I feel like um, game reviews are really have been struggling with reviews since Master Chief Collection. Like we've mm-hmm. really been not sure about what to do with these things because it kind of takes uh, a mass of people populating servers and making these games what they are to for us to really understand what the experience is. So, like, in a way, I feel like you probably have every right to do a review on Anthem right now. But at the same time, like, you're, it's not really in its, it's not in its final form, per se. And not mm-hmm. that game, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm back and forth on this because games never are in final form anymore. So I get why people, I get both sides of this. What do you think, man? I had a really poignant conversation with Joseph Moran from the Trophy Room. Uh, we were playing Apex earlier, and we had, it was all about Mikey Barr's tweets and the review structure. And I think... One, we've seen critical in- industry like IGN and GameSpot, some of the bigger heavy players, they've started breaking out their reviews for certain games into a uh, category. For example, Black Ops 4 was was broken into zombie mode and broken into campaign. I'm sorry, pardon me. Oh, uh, yeah, that was evolved. Multiplayer sure. and Blackout. Like That's a, that's an evolution of, of review. Mm-hmm. We've seen some outlets go back and re-review a title a year later, Destiny, uh, got multiple re-reviews from different outlets and so i think it's important one for critically well-respected outlets to continue evolving their process and explain their process whenever possible uh because while some people will absolutely go to the metacritic and see that ign gave this game this score or just scroll down to the bottom of an article or uh not really pay attention in the video review uh many others do 
listen to the podcast where they talk about everything and, and discuss through their reasons and how they do it and how their stuff's uh, changing. Uh, Stapleton from IGM will constantly talk about how they, they use their review process and, and adapt it and change it over time. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some onus on the consumer to, to work with that. And that that's kind of where our discussion was, was like, where's the responsibility there? Is it on the user, the consumer or the, the outlets? Uh, and Mikey Barra was tweeting uh, rather intensely, uh, to say the least, that some people shouldn't be looking at reviewers. You should be discussing it with content creators uh, and watching their content to get an idea of what you like. And to go with all that, I think there's there's an element to each part being right. You and I often talk about things being case by case and going on a journey through it, there mm-hmm. is an element to that. If I trust it, uh, if I go and watch you play and I know what you are like and what you don't like, uh, then I can adjust my interpretations of what you are saying. You know, It seems like a more engaged way to kind of get a sense of what a game is or isn't. And I'll sort of just bleed right into Bad Bit's question here. He said, how do you feel about Mikey Barra's recent tweet slamming reviewers? And, and for context, uh, Mikey Barra earlier today as we record this, he... Um, he was referencing an article from PC Gamer that talks about one of Anthem's, quote, worst section has already, already been improved. And Mike responded to this by saying, this was actually very easy to do. Amazed at the whining. One reviewer, not the one below, reviewed the game, yet in the review cited that he didn't even know how to do a combo. Embarrassing to review such a lack of knowledge. So, Luke, there's a ton to unpack here. And one thing that I wanted to address is that throughout this tweet and the thread, I think that things are getting a little bit misconstrued. We're going to talk about the tweet in just a second, but I think people are are essentially calling Mikey Barrow by um, calling out reviewers. And that's not necessarily what what happened. He later replied to a question that asked him, what is your review of Anthem? What do you think of Anthem? And he responded to that person. And this is the part that, getting, that is getting taken out of context. Um, he responded by saying that I don't do reviews. I prefer to uh, do uh, look at streamers. And, and that's where he started to bring up other elements of engaging mm-hmm. with the game. And so people are, I think, misinterpreting that to say like, what he's saying is that he doesn't do reviews. He looks at these other things. He's not saying that reviews are bad. I don't think that he's necessarily even slamming reviews. So I wanted to first clarify that um, and then maybe unpack the tweet itself. What did, did this? I know some people, it struck them as unprofessional. It struck them as uh, maybe unbecoming of a VP. I'm torn on this because I feel like PC Gamers coverage of Anthem has been completely unfair and and... Mm-hmm. Really, un- not even necessarily unfair, but I would say unbalanced to the negative side. And I think that's kind of what bugs me the most is the game's not even out yet. And there are, I don't know, countless negative articles around Anthem as if people have something against this game before it even releases in a similar way that they did with Fallout 76. But it turns out they were right about that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, the logic that comes that I think everybody needs to temper their thoughts with is that a review is by definition an opinion. You can be as objective as you like, but if you are uh, discussing something that involves something so interpretational as fun factor, that is definitely not – your biases will come to fruition somewhere in that review. Uh, and so I think one – I think bias you, is one thing, but like whether or not you're – like, you and I have talked about this before. We're very nervous about suggesting or providing 
opinions on games where we're like, we're still very early in this game or like, I haven't really explored everything. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that he kind of comments here is that, is it, it, is it embarrassing to provide a review with a lack of knowledge on like how to do a combo in this game is sort of a, a fundamental aspect of the gameplay. Should people be able to write a review if they don't even know how to do that? I, I would argue no. And I'm actually sort of glad that somebody other than anyone at Bioware, I would argue it's actually better coming from somebody like Mike and somebody at Xbox than it would be coming from Bioware or EA. Like somebody's got to, somebody's got to point these things out. Maybe there are better words to use to point that out. But I think that is embarrassing. And we deserve as fans of the industry, we deserve better when it comes to this sort of stuff. I agree, but also who who's the audience that goes to that particular review? Are they going there for a certain attitude or a certain idea? Are they going to go to a uh, echo chamber where it echoes only their thoughts and ideas? And I mean, there are. I think it's okay for anyone to review anything, and part of that responsibility comes on those who are interpreting it. When I go to Amazon to purchase something, and I go to the user reviews and read what people have written, I don't know those people from anyone else, and that's not an outlet. But if I go to IGN or GameSpot or something like Xbox Enthusiast, uh, I should recognize that these people come from different places. And as a as a consumer who's thinking about investing my money in something uh, or, or looking to purchase and spend my hard-earned money, then part of that responsibility is on me. Game Pass has, has uh, negated some of my hesitation with recommending certain games, thankfully, right. which is so you great. you feel more and, open to do it. And I do. And similarly, uh, we are not reviewers per se so i think you and i as we suggest things we have a responsibility to be to be uh thoughtful and mindful of others interests and explain why we like or dislike something but if a a website is going to present themselves as reviewing i think it's uh important they take that with some professionality uh i don't think that's a word yeah but i was gonna run with it (laughs) well my my only concern is that i would normally agree with you and i would like to uh think that readers come at this with a level of education and understanding and um, being able to discern kind of the good from the crap. But unfortunately, it seems that even baseless negativity seems to ring louder than substantiated positivity. And so that's kind of where my my trigger point comes from is that like people see this nasty headline about a thing or two. And it turns out that the, the thing is the entire thing is written by somebody who hasn't really experienced the game. Um, mm-hmm. in a way that kind of justifies causing that sort of that reaction. But that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm curious what everybody else is, where they're at with this. And you guys can tweet us at the Xbox Drive. Todd Oxra, I see your question. Brendan Myers, uh, Mark Carabin, I see your guys' questions. We're, we're about out of time. But I wanted to, before we... Um, actually, and we're going to probably push this cruise control topic to next week as well, Mr. Luke Laura. Well, I want to talk to you uh, about crackdown three a little bit more um and talking about what you had just mentioned about games are on game pass uh and what that means for recommendations and how we kind of look at crackdown three in relation to the rest of the first party lineup or lack thereof so i want to push that to next week because i think that's going to be a great conversation um that brings us to the end my friend uh luke where can people find you on the internet uh my twitter is a great hub for for everything i do at mls reserves on twitter uh, and you can link out to other stuff i do there uh and mixer mixer.com slash insipid ghost and you can follow me on twitter at sean capri sean like connery capri like the pants i'm going to continue to stream anthem and probably some tetris 99 because that game is amazing over at twitch.tv slash sean capri uh luke say bye to the people 
Right of the people. I was gonna write something better for like the clothes, but then I, ne- I I guess I never got around to it. So that's where we let. That's where we end up.